Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, and computer science academics. We highlight people with a passion for educating our youth in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPAI Radio Show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Okay, um, I would like everyone to take their um, their positions and start the show. Uh, Tim, Jayla, and um, Ron. Uh, Ron, I'm sorry, Ron. So, um, who's ever up first, take it from there, and all your guests are on. Beautiful. Thank you. Ball is yours, Ron. Okay, Ron, you're up. Do a countdown from 10. Okay. 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. If he doesn't jump on, I'll jump it. 2, 1. Ron, Ron, you good? Uh, Okay, but everybody's mic is open, so he should be on. Okay. Okay, what's your first? You take from there with the first guest. Want me to run? This is Tim. Okay, Tim? Yes, I'll do the intro and go to the right to the first guest, okay? Okay, go ahead. Thanks a lot. Very good. Welcome to the BDPA iRadio Show. I'm Tim Buck. And I'm here to co-host with you tonight, and welcome to the show. Tonight is Tuesday, February 24th, 2015, and our guests tonight are Dina Perret, Chief Networking Officer, Mosaic Blueprint, Harold Frazier, Director of Vertical Computer Systems, Lewis Newton, Account Manager, Digital Management Incorporated. Our co-hosts include myself, Tim Buzz. Dela Cruz, and Ron Story. Our studio engineer is Everaldo Gallimore. So let's get started with our first interview. Ms. Dina Perret, and I apologize in advance. Am I pronouncing your last name appropriately? Uh, no, you're not, but that's okay. Everyone messes it up. <laughs> <laughs> the proper the pronunciation is Pierrot. Pierrot? Mhm. A beautiful name. It just flows from my tongue. Well, welcome. That's well. Thank you. Glad to be here. Absolutely. Great to have you. We really appreciate you being our guest tonight. Well, I'm going. My voice. Yeah, excuse my voice. I'm just getting over pneumonia, and so I still have uh-huh. kind of a scratch. I know, but you know, as entrepreneurs, we've got to keep on moving. So if my voice sounds scratchy, you'll know why. Okay. 
Well, in the spirit of, like you just said, keep moving forward, but also through the bad wind and the bad rain and the bad snow, I want to share with you that I'm in New Jersey. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, trying to dodge getting a cold. And the weather here is in the low 20s, lots of ice on the ground, and uh, I wonder what the weather is like and where you're located. I'm in the state of Washington over on the other coast, and it was nice and sunshiny today. I think it was about in the mid-50s, clear skies. I am so sorry you guys are going through this horrible winter weather back there on the East Coast. I have a lot of friends back there struggling through it, and I I really feel for you. But I'm glad I'm not there right now. (laughs) I heard that. Yeah, I was just in D.C. I was just in D.C. in December, and uh, I got out of there in time. Yeah, I got out of there in time before all that bad weather hit. Well, there we go. There we go. Yeah. We get all four seasons here, but uh, we got to embrace it. Yeah, but you know what? I still love the energy there. You know, so many things happen there and happen so quickly, you know, on the East Coast and so many great relationships made. I have a lot of friends in BDPA that are on the East Coast that I've known for years and value them as such great friends. Well, you know what? That said, I want to get into some of the energy. Like you said, there's lots of energy in this area and the excitement Mm -hmm. of us having you on. I want to roll into a real quick bio review of you to get our audience acquainted with you, and then we'll dive into getting to know you and some of your friends that you also know within the BDPA family. Is that all right? Okay. That's fine. Okay. You are the president of Mosaic Blueprint, and Mosaic Blueprint is a boutique firm located in the Pacific Northwest, and it specializes in recruiting and onboarding multicultural communications, outplacement services, and career counseling. Now, it says here that Dean has founded the iUrban Teen Technology Program, which focuses on non-traditional STEM learners, ages 13 to 18. The iUrban Teen Technology Program was a nominee for the 2013 Rockefeller Innovation Award. Dean was selected as the White House Champion of Change for Technology Inclusion. With that introduction, welcome, welcome, and welcome. Oh, well, thank you so much. It's been it's been quite the journey. I call it, yeah. um, it's a lot of work, but I call it heart work, you know, doing this stuff with uh, with iUrban Teen in particular. And that's where I spend probably about 80% of my time right now. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, I do. I spend a lot of time in that. And I, I tell people one of the reasons why I started it was because I have sons. I have African-American sons, and uh, I could see the disparity in the school system, and I can see so many of our young males of color dropping out of school and not getting engaged, and we know they're brilliant, you know, but Mm -hmm. they just haven't had that spark. And so that was one of the main reasons why I started it. But I know you were asking me about BDPA and how I got started and how I got involved um, in BDPA. I'm trying to remember how I did. It's been so long. Um, I think I was at a networking event, Okay. And uh, someone had informed me about a, the BDPA conference that was coming up. And I was really heavily involved in diversity recruiting, especially in engineering and technology space. And so I thought that was a great opportunity to go there and try to do some recruiting for some of the companies here in the Pacific Northwest 
And for those mm. of you that's not familiar with the Pacific Northwest, it is a very dominant cultured environment. So there's not too many folks of color in this area. And I keep trying to uh, change that, even though I end up hitting my head against the wall more than anything else. But I thought it would okay. be a great opportunity to highlight some of these companies there. And so when I went to that very first conference, I fell in love with BDPA. You know, I met Wayne Hicks there. I met, oh, gosh, um, there's so many, um, uh, God, now I'm running a blank uh, on names, but I met Fran McNeil there, actually, at that Atlanta conference as well. Yeah. And um, But anyway, so I met some great folks. I saw the passion. I saw the sense of community where they automatically mm-hmm. included you in to something. Yes. And I liked that. And so I stayed a part of it, you know, ever since. And that had to have been maybe seven or eight years ago. Wow, that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, with you staying affiliated, is there a particular chapter that you're able to still reach out and touch or be in, you know, in, in close proximity to? I am actually closer to the Los Angeles chapter because we don't have a BDPA here in the Pacific Northwest. I think there was one in Seattle years ago, but it just kind of went away. Um, okay. So the closest one to me would be John's chapter down in, in Southern California. In fact, okay. hopefully we'll be doing some things together with the Iurban Team Program and what he's doing, you know, in, in technology there in Los Angeles. Well, that's tremendous. So it sounds mm-hmm. like you already have, you already know the, the inner workings, the mission of the organization, and perhaps mm-hmm. offline I can chat with you about getting another chapter started again in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I was pl- I was pleased to uh, formerly live in Minnesota, and we got the Southern Minnesota chapter up and running there, and it still continues to thrive. So we can talk offline about that. Yeah, so, I know yeah. Wayne has been Wayne has been urging me to start one here, but it's just it's a lot of work. <laughs> but we yeah, do yeah. need one, so we can talk okay. offline about that. Mm-hmm. Okay, great, great, great. Well, back to the script. Our audience loves to know about what our guests do specifically. So if you'd be so kind, share with us, what are the key responsibilities? What's the typical day of Chief Networking Officer of Mosaic Blueprint look like? Um, Well, again, Mosaic Blueprint is the company that I started years ago when I first left the city of Portland. I was with the city of Portland for 16 years, and um, and that's what that experience there is what led me to trying to create mm-hmm. trying to cre- create opportunities for people of color. I was the one trying to champion for people of color to get jobs at the city of Portland and doing that outreach. So it was a natural transition for me to go into diversity recruiting. Um, and so with that, what I was doing, because I don't do this so much anymore as I do Iurban Teen. But what I was doing was trying to encourage companies to hire people of color in their management ranks, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. Because yeah. if you come here, you won't see too many of us in that corner office. And I would try, okay. in fact, I work with companies now, and I tell them that when we walk into your company, if we don't see someone that looks like me in that corner office, an invisible filter starts to raise. You know, I automatically may feel that I may not have too many opportunities to advance here versus if they see someone that looks like them in that corner office, they automatically feel, okay, well, maybe this is an inclusive environment. So that's what I work with companies to try to understand that and that we all walk in and, you know, you you know it's the truth. We walk into a situation and we're going to first look at that landscape 
You know, yeah. we're going to look at that I landscape first. I think that's true coast to coast and, frankly, around the world. And uh, yeah. I'm curious. I'm curious. With that being such an important piece of work that you're doing and, and being able to have that, as I like to call it, that litmus test when you walk through the door, how receptive are they? Are they really sensitive to that gap? Is that something that's allowing you to engage the urban think, technology philosophy to help me out with that? Well, you know, I, I, I don't think that um, – I think there's some unenlightened enlightened folks here. Um, okay. I think there's a lot of folks that 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 want to do the right thing. They don't know what those steps may look like. And then you have the other ones that say they're doing the right things and they really aren't and don't want a change right. to occur. One of the big issues that I see in a lot of companies across the country is that when they go out and hire their diversity managers and diversity directors, yeah. a lot of us feel that they really don't want that person to rock the boat too much. You know, um, yeah, and so they in turn do nothing. And to me, I think that's a travesty because I say, and again, I go back to my sons. I don't have daughters; I have sons. And I always say, one of the hardest roles in life there is is to be the mother of African American sons because you you know how much you coddle them when they're little. You know society is waiting for them. And so I think that's why I really push this diversity and inclusion and equity envelope. But um, but there's too many that aren't doing, there's too many people in roles where they're afraid to rock the boat because they may lose their job. So that's why it's easier for me on the outside to try to make some strategic changes versus that person that might lose their job on the inside. So what I started here in Portland is a group called the Portland Metro Diversity Employment Network, and it's a group now that started with 10, but now there's over 100 HR directors and managers and corporate recruiters in there where we meet every month and it's free for them. Um, we meet every month every month and we talk about diversity recruiting, onboarding, and retention strategies. And we have live resume live resumes at the end where we have candidates of color looking for jobs that come in and do a pitch. Um, and one of the things I told them is that yes, I do have a diversity recruiting company, but I'm not here to pimp you. I have two sons and I want them to have fair equity like everybody else. And if i got to show you guys how to do it, then that's what we're going to do. And um, and I make it free because sometimes the first thing to cut out of a budget is the diversity effort. You okay. know. So I'm really proud of the inroads that we've made. I mean, we have real talk. And I tell them that when you're in this group, you can't hold back. I mean, we can't make any changes if you're going to do this Portland passive thing. We have to have real dialogue on what some of these issues are. And so it's growing and growing in popularity, so we're doing a good wonderful. thing. Oh, yeah. I, gotta, I, gotta I talk a lot, by the way, too. Just cut me off. Just cut me off at any time because I'll keep talking and talking and talking. Well, that's the point of an interview, for us to get you talking and for us to find out about this wonderful initiative that you have there. And it makes me want to just get on a plane and come check it out. And uh, if there's ever a time where we can do more things, I want to talk about this offline. But, yeah, um, well, you know, the, the, and, and two, one of the things right. I want to really, really stress, everything that I do with with Mosaic Blueprint, with iUrban Team, and with my Urban Entrepreneurs Network, they're all centered around diversity, inclusion, and equity. So it's really key with my Mosaic Blueprint organization that I'm working with these companies because these young men in my iUrban Team program 
in a perfect world, in my perfect mm-hmm. world, they're going to go to school, they're going to graduate college, they're going to come to your office and work for you. I want them to walk into an environment where they can thrive, not one that they're going to struggle in. So mm-hmm. everything that I do around these touch points around diversity is very key. Absolutely, absolutely. There are members of our um, interview team that definitely are going to reach out to you via LinkedIn and other sources because when we get exciting individuals on our show and chat with us, it really is an opportunity for our whole BDPA family to get lessons learned from you, to reach out, connect mm-hmm. with you, and to just really broaden our web, you know? So thank oh, you yeah. so much. And that, you're and you're welcome. We're, we're, we're wrapping up our portion of the show in a couple of minutes. Wait, wait a minute. And My want... time's almost up already. I think we got a couple more minutes. Yeah, we're just continue to talk. We'll keep it flowing. <laughs> but I want to I want to get some specific questions in on you. Okay. Lessons learned. Lessons learned. Break it down for me. Give me a lesson learned and um, something you want people to walk away and remember about your organization. A couple more minutes. Put fucking hell phrase on you, fucking idiot. I think. I I think lessons learned, and I think this is overall for everyone. And I tell the youth in our program, sometimes sometimes those challenging and worst experiences yeah. can be your best experiences because you can learn from them. They build character. Yeah. And I know that the challenges that I have been through have helped shape this person that I am right now. You know, so and I could not have been this person if I didn't have those negative or what some people may have viewed as negative experiences. I wouldn't have felt. I wouldn't be who I am. I wouldn't fight this good fight if I didn't have those experiences. Um, I think too. The other lesson is to work hard, keep going. Um, I have never stopped um, doing this, and I never. And the other thing I want to stress too is. Sometimes our own folks can be the biggest barriers for us. That crowds in a barrel, crowds in a bucket mentality. Ouch. Yes, 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 yes. That is can be so strong out there, but you gotta yeah. keep going and never cut off the ladder behind you. Never cut off the ladder behind you. That yeah. unfortunately has to be our final thought. And yeah. uh, we we have a couple of other guests we're gonna still roll in, but right now we've got to take a commercial break. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I enjoyed I this. I had a great time. I hope you guys can have thoroughly. me back on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. We thoroughly enjoyed everything you shared with us. And, again, stay on the line because we're going to continue to bump, you know, talk with you. And you can listen to okay. another guest we have with us. So we're Wonderful. Thank you. Either commercial. Yep. BDPA and is a premier organization for people of African-American descent in the information technology industry. BDPA exists to advance the careers of African Americans in the IT industry from the classroom to the boardroom. You can find BDPA on group site, Twitter, and Facebook. Shayla, you there? I'm here. Why don't you take the second one? Hmm? Okay. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. Yes. No, no, no. We're looking for Harold Frazier, Director of Vertical Computer Systems. That's me. I'm here. He's our next guest. Okay. Are you there, Harold? So, yes, I am. Harold, hi. Hi. Harold is the Director of Mobile Software Development for Vertical Computer Systems. 
He is an example of what BDPA means when it says that we provide programs and services from the classroom to the boardroom for its membership. Harold was a member of the 1995 BDPA high school computer competition championship team that was trained by the BDPA Detroit chapter. He earned a computer science degree from the University of Michigan and has advanced to being a co-inventor of patent application called Mobile Web-Based Interpreter. So Harold, with that introduction, let's start our conversation. My first question for you is, how did you first find out about BDPA and what has kept you involved? Well, that's a great question. And um, as you mentioned, um, I found out about BDPA um, as a sophomore in high school um, when I represented the uh, Detroit chapter uh, for the uh, National Computer Competition in 1994 and 1995. Um, and uh, after uh, starting college, um, I actually continued to, uh, to uh, try to be involved with the uh, BDPA um, by coming back and, uh, and helping train uh, a couple teams uh, that came BDPA. after. That was my initial uh, introduction to BDPA. Can you, and you said, you, what chapter are you currently affiliated with? So, currently, I am not affiliated with a chapter. Um, Mr. Hicks reached out to me a couple months back uh, to uh, rekindle that BDPA fire, and I really appreciate that. And um, and, and I was hoping to uh, reengage with the Dallas chapter. Um, I've, I've actually relocated from the Detroit area. Uh, to uh, Texas, and, and so I'm close to the Dallas chapter, and I know they have some upcoming events that I plan to uh, get involved in. Okay, great. So in terms of your service to BDPA, um, what accomplishment are you most proud of? Uh, to date, I, I think um, I'm mostly uh, thankful for the opportunities that have been provided <laughs> From BDPA, um, uh, again, as I was a young programmer in high school, uh, I remember uh, my my years of uh, computer competition very vividly, and uh, I appreciate the relationships that I gained and the lessons I learned were definitely priceless and very important to me, um, very enlightening at that young age you know, for me to know that there were so many others like me that were so deeply involved in technology. Um, I definitely look forward to future opportunities to work closer with BDPA so I can touch other young lives the same way that I was touched at a young age uh, so that I can in impress on them uh, the same love for, for technology and help to nurture <laughs> that so that they can have a successful future in technology uh, the way that I feel I have. Okay. Great, great. So your role as the Director of Vertical Computer Systems. What exactly are your key responsibilities? So at Vertical Computer Systems, uh, we actually get to, to have a lot of fun on a, on a daily basis. I have a team of highly energetic uh, and very capable uh, developers and designers, and, and every day uh, we come in uh, with a goal to create and innovate. Uh, that's what we want to do. We want to cr uh, create highly efficient and, and scalable mobile solutions uh, for Android, for iOS, your iPhone and iPad uh, platforms, and in addition, uh, Windows Phone devices. And so on a, on a daily basis, <laughs> I, I lead those teams that create those uh, software applications for those platforms. 
you're involved in important work. <laughs> that sounds exciting. Absolutely. I, I, I believe so. I believe so. And and a lot of fun. It's definitely a lot of fun to do what I do. Tell us more about being a co-inventor of the patent application called Mobile Web-Based Interpreter. Well, the Mobile Web-Based Interpreter is actually one of four patent applications that together build something very special. Um, it's a framework that we've created that's aimed at bringing control and privacy back to the social media-enriched Internet that we love today. You know, everybody loves their Twitter, their Facebook, you know, um, your Snapchat. You love those things, right? And that convenience of sharing those those personal photos and stories with your family and, and friends, like that has boomed over the uh, the past few years. But at the same time, one of the most frustrating things that has come as a result of being able to share so freely using those social media outlets is the unintended use of your personal information by unintended third parties. We've created a new application. We call it Points, and it will be the first application to use that framework um, that is created from those patent applications. And with Points, anyone can share any type of personal data without the concern of that data getting in the wrong hands. Our patent application allows all of our users to maintain 100% control over their personal data even after they've shared it with their friends and their family. Beyond that, it's not a whole lot that I can say. Uh, we are in the process of uh, doing several press releases surrounding points so that the world can get an opportunity to use it. And I invite um, anyone, any listener uh, that is interested in learning more about Ploinks and what it is and what it can do and how it may be able to help them to, uh, to follow me um, at Harold FJR um, on Twitter. And, and immediately when we release that application uh, in its beta phase, then we can get a lot of uh, the BDPA listeners involved in, in testing uh, the, the beta release of the application. Excellent. That sounds very, very interesting and up-to-date and current with some of our present issues within the globe today regarding the privacy and security of personal data. So I could definitely see that being a application um, that's on the forefront of um, helping sustain privacy and security in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. That is the goal. What two lessons would you like to share with the BDPA iRadio audience? Uh, you know, um, two things um, that I kind of live my life by um, are lessons that my mother instilled in me um, mm -hmm. when I was very young. Uh, and those those two things are very simple. One is anything is possible. And the second thing is you never fail until you stop trying, right? And and those two lessons I think are more important to those uh, those young uh, uh, students that are, are going through all the trials of, uh, you know, learning new technologies um, or, you know, just day-to-day -day, uh, things that, you know, keep them going. You know, a large number of uh, my successes in life have, have come um, from me taking on tasks that someone else said was impossible to accomplish, and then I was successful at implementing it, right? And so um, those are two things that I, I hope that uh, that people can, you know, take and, and use that 
to to nurture um, the fire, you know, inside of them that allows them to inc- uh, accomplish the uh, impossible. Those are great lessons. Um, where are you calling out of, by the way? I'm actually calling out of uh, Allen, Texas. Okay, cool. How's the weather there? Uh, the weather is uh, great because weather can can always only be weather, right? But uh, uh, uncharacteristic <laughs> of Texas, we actually uh, have uh, a thin layer of ice that has blanketed the city for uh, the past 48 hours, and so um, we're hoping that that goes away tomorrow so we can get back to business as usual. Uh, and we're, we're actually supposed to get a little bit of snow as well, so uh, also very uncharacteristic of Texas. So, uh uh, but yeah, the weather is great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good to hear that. Um, Harold, in the remaining minute, can you share a final thought for our BDPA our radio audience? Um, a final thought. Um, I guess I, I would like to say that um, I feel that the uh, technology industry um, as a whole is a very plentiful land of opportunity. My experience has been that there is something for everyone, and growth opportunities are endless in technology. And so, for anyone um, that's interested in finding something, you know, something new in technology, being introduced to to some aspect of development, you know, for the first time, like just find something that you love, embrace, you know, change, because uh, that's one thing about technology that you just have to get used to. You know, something's hot today, and then you completely change it to something else tomorrow, and you have to ride that train in order to be successful. And then lastly, um, I would say try to be leaders of innovation. A lot of times um, uh, I, I feel that people get get stuck in, in using whatever we have today and accepting um, any of the um, the downfalls of uh, the technology. We just get used to using that same old thing instead of trying to find ways to do it better. So, you know, lead and innovate. Uh, those, those, that's my final thought. Excellent. Excellent. Now, can you tell everybody one more time what it is, the new projects that you're working on um, for the future that we can expect and uh, where we can get more information about them? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, um, the best place to uh, get information will be to follow me um, at Harold FJR uh, on Twitter. And uh, in the upcoming weeks, um, I will send out information pertaining to the Ploinks application, P-L-O-I-N-K-S. That's the name of the application, Ploinks, and, uh, and, and we'll make it so that when the beta test happens, we'll try to get as many of our BDPA listeners um, in on that beta test um, as we can, so that you know, obviously we can uh, have a uh, a recognized test and then make sure that you know our solution has a solid foundation before we release it to the world. So we would love to have you know as many people uh, as possible involved with that. Again, that's Harold F J R. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and um, the name of the application is Points P L O I N K S. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to listen and learn from you. And uh, we thank you for being a guest and wish you a safe and warm evening. Well, thank you very much for having me. It is definitely my pleasure to be involved with BDPA again, and uh, I will stay as warm as I possibly can. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And now a word from our sponsors. 
join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So please, from August 18th to 22nd, you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, please visit www.bdpa.org. Welcome back to the BDPA iRadio show. We have Lewis Newton on the line. He is the account manager for Digital Management Incorporated. Lewis, are you on there? Yes, ma'am. I'm here. How are you today? I'm fine. And yourself? I'm doing well. Where are you calling from? And how's the weather? Uh, Washington, D.C., so I'm probably just as cold as it is over in Jersey. <laughs> no, and ice all over the place. Uh, we're going to tag team with you, and I'm curious. Where are you located, Jayla? I'm actually in Indianapolis, and the weather here is very cold. Uh, we've got some snow out that's been out there for the past week or so. We've had some two-hour delays for the school students. Um, and so it's um, it's calm now without snow, but there's, uh, without snow falling, but it's cold, and the snow is on the ground still. <laughs> but it's starting okay. to uh, warm up a little bit. Thank you. I only mentioned that, Lewis, because I didn't want you to get the impression we were all just in one place. We're using technology to cover multiple points across the country simultaneously on this radio show. So we thank you so much for the opportunity to bring in an additional city, okay? Uh, if you don't mind, I will dive in, read your bio, and then we'll tag team and ask questions and just get it going, okay? Okay. Thanks, Lewis. So Lewis Newton participated in the National BDPA High School Computer Competition Team, trained by BDPA Washington, D.C. chapter, in 1990, some 25 years ago. His team won the national championship. Congratulations. As we seek to celebrate the winners of that 1990 championship team on the BDPA radio show, we're going to learn some lessons and life lessons from you and your experiences. And we're going to find out any words of advice for the upcoming 2015 students. That said, let's dive on into the interview. So first question for you, well, let's just say next question for you, is how did you first, how did you first find out about the EPA and what has kept you involved and engaged? Okay, I first found out about BDPA as a junior in high school. I competed at my school to become a part of the team and that was where I met other people from the city. We were all from the different high schools throughout the city. We studied together, you know, the question and answer as well as concepts and 
as you said, we won the national competition that year. And as a senior, I worked with the other sophomores and juniors, you know, under me to tell them my experience with the competition and how it was. And after that, I was more involved, I guess, through my community, more so than through BDPA, just sharing all the experiences I've had in college as well as the workforce, you know, in regards to you think you like this job, you know, what is it you like about this job, but you think this job will support you, you know, financially as well as other things, but I think I may be getting ahead of the question. Okay. Yeah. Can you, which, um, which BDPA group are you affiliated with? Which chapter? I'm going to reaffiliate myself with the DC chapter and the search for the 1990 participant. Uh, spoke through email with both Mr. Hicks as well as Dr. Bimley, who's local to DC. He actually invited me to an event on Valentine's Day, but I told him my wife might kill me, so I asked him to, to pick a different Saturday. But, you know, like I said, through my church as well as other things, I reach out to high school students as well as, you know, first-year college students, just to share my experience. You know, when I first finished with the competition, I thought I wanted to be a programmer, but at some point I decided that wasn't for me and went into the help desk, sysadmin room, and had a whole lot of successes and trials in that area, and so I just try to tell people to do their research as to what it is that will be asked of them, what they can expect from the positions, and to tell them to know their worth. Help me out with what you just said, because I love where you came from there. The genuine love of the IT, but also to know your work and also to know your worth within your work. Am I right? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, my first job, I was a help desk, desk side support help desk person. I was, I guess, a few years out of high school. I was still in college. And so as some people like to say on paper, I had no skills, but in actuality, I was one of the top people on the help desk. And mm -hmm. so what they like to do, you know, every difficult task, they would send me out to solve this, solve that. And then when it was time for annual reviews or whatever, I would always give the speech, oh, we appreciate your work, but we only have this much money. If we give you this much, then we can't give anybody else a raise, you know, trying to get you to guilt yourself or save yourself short and you're actually, you know, making this company a lot of money. And mm -hmm. it took me a few years to realize that, you know, it's okay to actually get paid for, you know, the, the job that I'm doing and not to feel bad about it or to feel that I'll be fired if I asked for this because it was, you know, that I didn't agree with getting only 
a one percent raise or you know so so on and so forth. So I try to tell you know people who are going out into the computer field, you know, if you're going to be a desk size support, go to Indeed.com or Monster and actually research what the job is paying on average. And so when you go in and you get interviewed, you'll be able to say that you're looking for this salary versus saying, uh, I don't know or only taking, you know, what's given to you. You'll actually know what you're, what you're worth and you can go in with confidence to ask, you know, I'd like to be compensated in this manner. Right. And that's obviously the message that you share as you mentor not just BDPA, but as you mentioned, people at church and people in the community as well. That's outstanding. What uh, are go your, ahead. What are your most, um, I guess, what are some of the accomplishments that you are the most proud of in, in terms of your service? I guess what I'm most proud of, I guess, in addition, you know, just to being able to share that message with, you know, with the youth that I come in contact with is my current position, which I guess I kind of skipped ahead of, so we didn't actually get to speak about that, but I'm currently not just an account manager, but I'm a ComSec account manager, communication security account manager. And what I do with this position, it's uh, I'm assigned to NASA headquarters in D.C., and I'm responsible for protecting cryptographic equipment. Basically, on your computer network, you have your switches and your routers so that you can talk from one building to another, one city to another, or whatever. Yes. But in my realm... There are instances where you want to send messages that, if they were intercepted, the data couldn't be read because the message is encrypted. Yep. And so as the communication security manager, I'm responsible for maintaining the inventory of the equipment that keeps the networks protected. I also train people on the proper use and handling of that equipment because if it was used improperly, the information on the the crypto equipment could be stolen by different nations as well as criminal or terrorist organizations that would seek to do NASA or other different government agencies, you know, wrong. And as a person who just started out wanting to be uh just a regular help desk technician, you know, who, you know, come a long way from there to where I am now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you now are dealing in the realm of not just security, but you're walking the line between security and privacy, as well as proper maintenance and proper management of that information, data, et cetera, the proper governance of all of that. Right? Yes, sir. That's exceptional. Very important work. That important work uh, kind of leads to our next question. 
and leading from, and you just alluded to this, leading from, let's say, as a younger man back in 1990 with the BDPA Washington, D.C. chapter, and then, like you said, progressing now to who you are and the great responsibility and leadership that you're demonstrating, what type of steps in transition have occurred that you can really point to and say milestone moment here or milestone event happened? Okay, so the first event was that that first time, you know, I had to sit down and do a a performance review with a manager and, you know, be told that I'm doing great work, but this is all we can give you. You know, after having that happen a few times, you know, I was single at the time, so it was not something that I liked, but I was able to accept it. But as I got married and, you know, had a wife and children and more responsibilities, I was really forced to look at, you know, if, if this is the the field I'm going to continue to stay in, you know, how am I going to make this better? And fortunately, I was surrounded by, you know, many people I consider to be mentors who, you know, took me under their wing and, but, you know, when you're doing your performance review, these are the kinds of things that you want to highlight, you know, not just say, I want this because of this, but say, as an employee to your company, this is what I, I bring to you. I represent your brand professionally to all of your clients, you know, say what it is that you can offer the company versus just make, given the appearance that you're out there with your hand out saying, give me, give me, give me. And then just from doing research, you know, I was at a position where I was one person, but I was doing three jobs, so to speak. I was help desk, I was a junior system engineer, and I was a contact person. And it was fun for a while. I was flying all over the country. I was doing stuff locally. But it was like, wow, I'm doing all of this and I'm living well, but something something just doesn't seem right. And so I started doing research again, and that was where I found out that just as a contact account person, you know, doing that one specific thing, dealing with national security and all of that, I could earn this salary where I could actually be home more and not do all the crazy hours and flying all over the country. And so it really opened up my eyes to the, the you know, the idea of although I'm working for someone else, I'm working for me, you know, am I willing to accept this, or if I'm not willing to accept this, what can I find that's better that will be, mm-hmm. you know, better for me? And so, right. again, when I, you know, when people are graduating or they're already graduating and they're going to college and they say, well, I want to do this, you know, because I've had to pay off student loans and all that kind of stuff. And so I just, you know, again, just reiterate with you, you know, with the people I'm working with, if this is the direction you want to go in, how are you going to get there as far as school? Are you going to go to college? Are you going to go to a trade school? And, again, I refer them to Indeed or Monster, and I told them to look at the job. Most job descriptions will tell you 
these are must-haves. Like, you must have this degree or you must have this certification. But then a lot of jobs will say that it is nice to have this, but if you have experience, we'll take this in lieu of. And I'll tell them, you know, to, to really look at that, to consider what it is that they have, what it is that they're willing to, you know, pursue as far as books, certifications, and all of that. And, you know, mm-hmm. they really make that decision. Is this for me or is this not for me? Right, right. And those are definitely important questions to ask and things to research. Um, based off of everything that you've learned, what two lessons, two main important lessons would you like to share with the BDPA iRadio audience? I guess the first important lesson is to be honest with yourself and with other people. If you're in a situation and you don't know something or you need help, you know, just state that. It's better to do that than to get into a position, whether it's job or anything else, where you make claims that you can do something and you can't do it and then you're found out. I feel that if you're honest and forthright, you'll find that people are understanding and willing to help you to get to where it is that you're trying to go versus trying to affect the funk, so to speak. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. Give me another one. I'm sitting at the feet of the master here. Come on, tell me another one, man. <laughs> well, I guess my other one would be, I guess, to parrot our first guest. Every bad situation that you're in is not one that you necessarily need to run from. Okay. You know, Why is that? It can be a learning experience. You know, like some of the jobs I've had, you know, once I found out what was going on, I definitely felt underpaid. But they were also great training places. And I learned how to use Cisco routers and many other things that, based on my job description, I should not have been touching because I was willing to stay in that position. But with that being said, you need to know when it's time to go also. True, true. I know that there are times where I'm working and I sometimes have to acknowledge I'm being paid to go to school by working in a certain environment in IT. But then there's the other times you're saying, I need to need to be paid. Am I right? Right. And I guess for me, when I graduated high school in 91, and I'll say from 91 to 97, I considered those to be my learning years. I was in the stay in school program where basically for 20 hours a week I worked in the federal government office and then you know, the rest of the time I had to go to school. I'll say from maybe 97 to 2003 was when I really started working full-time, and that's where I considered, you know, like what you just said. I was getting paid to, you know, service clients, but it was also a paid learning experience for me. Yeah. And 
from 2003 to 2008, I guess, was when I really started thinking about where do I want to go with this career. And 2008 was where I just decided, you know what, I'm going to work for other people, but we're going to work as partners, not just me working as I work for you and I hope that you'll treat me right, but I'm going to insist that we do what's beneficial for both of us. Let me to where I am today. Congratulations. Great. So, in the remaining minutes, Lou, can you please share with us one final thought for our BDPA our radio audience? Just my final thought will, I will be similar to Mr. Frazier. I guess my first view of the conference at the BDPA, you know, where I saw so many of us, you know, dressed in suits, talking about the different aspects of computers. It, it made me proud, and it made me realize that this is a field that we can all succeed in. The The path to success isn't the same for all of us. You know, for some of us, it's bachelor's degree, MBA, PhD. For others, it's high school, then trade school certification, and then for others, it's just hard work, you know, self-study, doing it on your own. But the thing is, we can all get there, and we can all help each other get there. So for anyone who thinks that this career is unexciting or too hard or is not for them, I would say that if it's what you want to do, you can definitely succeed in this field. Great, great. Lou, it's been a pleasure, my man. It's been a pleasure talking to you, listening to you, frankly, learning from you. This has been a real pleasure. All of our guests tonight just added so much to our world with their information. And frankly, Lou, we thank you so much for being a guest and being one of our uh, one of our visitors to our home this evening. So we wish you a safe and warm evening on this chilly winter's night. Uh, thank you all for having me, and hopefully as I get more involved with BDPA, then I'll see you all at the conferences. We're here with open arms, man. <laughs> thank you. And now a word from our sponsor. Join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future at the 37th Annual National BDPA Technology Conference and Free Career Fair at the Washington Hilton Hotel, located at 1919 Connecticut Avenue, Northwest Washington, D.C., from August 18th to 22nd. BDPA is the largest African-American information technology association in the U.S., involved in training professionals and students in the fields of science, technology, engineering, and math. For the past 36 years, BDPA conferences have provided opportunities for innovators like you to get the knowledge and resources that are critical to stay on top. So please, from August 18th to 22nd, you too can join the evolution of IT and embrace the digital future. For more information on BDPA's National Conference and Free Career Fair, please visit www.bdpa.org. And welcome back. Hey, Jayla, was that an exceptional group of guests tonight? Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. 
learned some exciting information today, uh, very valuable information. So I hope yeah. that that came across to the audience as well. Absolutely. And I'm thinking guests like that and the type of participation and energy we're expecting at the conference, I think it's a great reminder to all the people listening, be sure to register. If you want this type of energy, you want these types of guests to be an earshot and even share face-to-face -face information with you, get to the conference. Register now. So tonight we had, like Jayla just said, tonight we had inspiring and informative interviews. And, um, hey, I just want to give, we just want to give special thanks to our wonderful guest tonight, Dina Perot, Chief Networking Officer of Mosaic Blueprint, Harold Frazier, the Director of Vertical Computer Systems, and Lewis Newton, Account Manager, Digital Management Incorporated. Thank you so much to Jayla, to Ron, to Everwaldo, our studio engineer, and of course to our producer, Fran McNeil, and our ever extra appreciation to Mr. Wayne Hicks. A number of our guests mentioned that they've spoken with him, and great leadership, great sponsorship, great guidance, as he is the executive director of the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the BDPA iRadio show. I'm Tim, and I'm inviting you to listen on the second and fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. Our next show airs Tuesday, March 10, 2015. In the meantime, join us at www.blogtalkradio.bdpa, and you can listen to past shows there and even re-listen to tonight's show with the blogs. Good night, everyone. Jayla, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Thank you. BDPA iRadio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPA iRadio show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation. And the Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcasts the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on blogtalkradio.com backslash BDPA. Everyone.